Let's take a moment to drop in. If you're in a place where you can safely close your eyes, blink your eyes shut. Take a deep belly inhale and a slow, steady exhale. In this moment, you are safe. There is nowhere you need to be. There is nothing else you should be doing. You're here for a divinely guided reason. Relax your shoulders. Unclench your jaw. Release your tongue from the roof of your mouth. In the darkness behind those eyes, envision a ball of white light glowing right in front of you. Feel the warmth of this light. Feel how the warmth of this light stretches against your cheeks. Reach out your fingers to touch the swirling energy. As soon as your fingertips graze the light, witness how the light begins expanding and stretching and growing and growing and growing until it's in the shape of a glowing doorway. Once fully formed, step forward into this doorway. Allow the light to embrace your entire being. As you step forward, inhale down into your feet, holding for just a moment. And with your exhale, allow the weight, the worry, the pressure of every moment before right now to melt away. Shed the layers of conditioning, strip out of the veil of unworthiness, release yourself from the shackles of impossible standards. Let go of anything weighing you down. Let go of anything that feels too heavy. Give yourself grace. Take a few intentional breaths and sit here, present in your body. Ask yourself, what do I need right now? Your body will respond. Observe and listen. Your body has been begging for your attention. Listen to what it's saying. 
Your heart has missed you. Your belly has been calling out for you. Your throat is asking you to speak your truths. When the world gets so heavy and you feel like you can't breathe or you don't understand the purpose of all of the heartbreak and grief and sadness and pressure, come back to yourself. Come back through this doorway and know that you exist on the other side. Stepping through that doorway is stepping into yourself. The truest, highest, realest version of you. You can tap in and tune in and dive in at any moment of your choosing. Stay connected to this version of you and watch the way the universe sprinkles miracles into your life. Watch how blessings unfold effortlessly. The universe wants to love you. The universe wants you to have every single thing that you desire. And the beautiful truth of that is the very fact that everything you're craving exists within you. Everything you've ever wanted is right here in this space inside of you. Sit in this connection for a moment. Soak up the light. Soak up the love. Your love. Allow yourself to be held for a few more breaths. Let yourself be grateful for the abundance of unconditional love and support that is beholding you. If you can, place your hand on your heart. And just say thank you. Thank you and I love you. And when you're ready, we are going to turn ourselves around and walk out of this doorway. We are leaving as the highest versions of ourselves. We are coming back into our lives with presence, intention, and trust. One final breath here. And as we exit this doorway, Roll the shoulders and ignite the energy in your fingers and your toes and your neck. When the energy feels revived, blink those beautiful eyes open. Welcome back. And welcome to my podcast. Hi. I'm Jade Terrio, and you are listening to the very first ever episode of The Salon Podcast, a podcast created to remember ourselves home, to meet ourselves where we are, show up in unconditional love, and choose expansion. This podcast is a place where we will shift focus from outside of ourselves and instead reach deep inside of our minds, hearts, and souls for everything we've been searching for. Because the truth is, everything you're craving and desiring already exists within you. 
The Salam podcast was created to awaken, inspire, and guide you on your journey back to yourself. Together, we will have enlightening conversations, moments of reverence, deep belly laughs, and raw vulnerability. All I ask of you is to show up with an open mind and an open heart. I want to remind you all that not everything I share will resonate. If something doesn't feel true to you, leave it in the breath and move on to the next thing. This is just the beginning of our journey together. Before recording this episode, I got one of my Oracle decks and I meditated on the question of what do I need to know about this podcast for myself? And I pulled from my Lightworkers Oracle deck by Rebecca Campbell. And I pulled the Imrama, I think I'm saying that right, Imrama card. Imrama is a Celtic word that means a sacred journey of the soul. It's funny to me how synchronized my life is and how the universe always, always, always shows up and gives me the confirmation and affirmation that I'm searching for. Imrama is a voyage in which we don't know where we're going, but our soul just knows the way. And that is perfectly aligned with how I feel about this podcast. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know what's going to come up next. But I just know that I'm meant to be on this journey. I am meant to be on this voyage. And to pull that card, pulling that card feels really good. And it feels completely affirmative and perfect for this very first episode. When researching how to start a podcast, and also even on Instagram, the concept of a bio is always stressed and important. And I struggle with the concept of a bio. I have a lot of difficulty choosing which facts, labels, and characteristics about myself I must share in order to be credible enough to be here. Honestly, I've torn through my personal, professional, and spiritual resume a hundred times before hitting record. And the truth is, what I feel is credible may or may not resonate with you, and that's okay. You know, I could share that I'm a published author of a collection of poetry and prose titled The Wildest Child. But some could argue that I self-published and I only sold a hundred copies and then I took it off the shelves. I could share that I have a college degree, a 200-hour yoga teacher certification, and I just completed a workshop intensive with almost 30, specifically on podcasting. But the truth is, I am fully aware that in conjunction with what I'm going to talk about, those things don't matter. It doesn't matter how many degrees I have or how many years of experience in my job I have. 
My credibility is my heart. The fact that despite the mixed reviews I've received since announcing that I'm starting a podcast, I'm still here, in your earphones and on your speaker. My credibility is the simple fact that I trust myself, my God, and the universe enough to show up here and speak my truth. I'm credible because the conversations I will share on this podcast are my own experiences, the lessons I've learned, the heartbreak I've endured, my grief, anxiety, depression, my pockets of peace, and the way that I always find the light. I am a master of my own life, and I am the most credible person to share my experiences. And that's what this podcast is. Me documenting my journey, hoping that it will crack you open to dive deeper into your own journey. I have been unraveling lately, trying very hard not to be so intense and trying not to take myself so seriously, really leaning into allowing myself to look silly or be delusional and have wild desires. I am a multifaceted being. I am not just one thing. And the something that I am right now, it'll probably be different by the time I'm done recording this episode. I hope and pray that you don't get stuck on versions of me that can and will evolve. Because if I can tell you anything about myself, it's that I am a constantly changing, learning, growing being. For the sake of giving you a fun and well-rounded understanding of me, here are a few things I want to share. I identify as a starseed. We'll get into that in a later episode. I'm a Sagittarius sun, Cancer rising, and Gemini moon. Lots of ebb and flow. In human design, I'm a manifesting generator with a 3-5 martyr heretic profile. Basically, my understanding of this is that I live my life through trial and error. So many hard lessons learned the hard way. Which is further validated through my wounded healer archetype. Metaphysics and philosophy aside, I have one dog an Australian shepherd named Olive. She's the light of my life, and she looks exactly how she sounds. For the sake of the theme of this first episode, something to really know about me is that I have experienced death in almost every sense of the word, except for my own physical death that I'm aware of. Honestly, I've died a million deaths internally, and right now I am actually grieving and going through the phases of an emotional death of a relationship I believed could stand the tests of time. Simultaneously, through this breakup and through the process of life, I am going through so many deaths within myself. I know we all, I'm doing finger quotes here, know what death is. 
It's a word like love that we all just use. But I keep thinking about the definition of death, which I'll oversimplify as being the end of life. But we all know it's bigger than that. I don't believe that any type of death is final. We live in an infinite universe. Physics literally tells us that energy cannot be created or destroyed. So how could anything cease to exist? In my lifetime, every death I've experienced has been a doorway to the next thing. The physical deaths of those I've lost and the energetic deaths I've experienced inside and outside of myself. When I was nine, my father was killed in a car accident. September 21st was actually the 17-year anniversary of his death, which is wild to think about because he's been gone longer than he was in my life. Yet, his death had a butterfly effect that has rippled down into the rest of my life. There has been a divine order of events that have transpired solely because of that moment. Losing him quite literally rebirthed a new version of me. I'm not telling you to welcome death, only I do invite you to trust, to lean in and surrender to what is unfortunately inevitable. There have been infinite deaths between that moment and this one. If you really think about it, a version of me died the day I was born. I was no longer the version of me that lived in the safety of a womb. I became a version of me that had to survive outside in the world. There's a grief that comes with every single death you'll experience, including and especially every death of self. It's unavoidable. It snowballs inside of us until we give it the loving energy it needs. In the midst of all this grief I'm carrying, I remember that on the other side of all this death, there is a new version of me being rebirthed. The pain of grief is the pain of labor. I believe they are one and the same. I am losing a version of me, but I am losing a version of me to make room for a newer, upgraded version of me. The moment I decided to do this podcast, a version of me died. The moment I recorded this episode, a version of me died. The moment I published this episode, a version of me died. And in every single one of those deaths, something new was born. I urge you to take stock of your life, your relationships, your family, your connection to others and to yourself. Where are you grieving? Are you allowing yourself to grieve? Are you going inside of yourself and doing the work, holding the space, honoring this part of the cycle? By knowing where we are grieving, we become the midwives of our rebirths. Death will never be a painless experience. Physically and emotionally losing people we love or losing parts of ourselves is painful. We cannot bypass the experience of that pain. We have two options, resist or surrender. I have found that the more I resist, the more painful the experience. When I surrender, the universe does this thing 
and she does it every single time, right on time, where she shows me just how deeply supported I am. There's a cycle at play, and fighting the cycle is like wrestling the ocean. You'll lose every single time. When we resist, the experience feels like ripping and tearing and destructive. When we surrender, we float. We just are. The process is cleansing and constructive. We are able to take what we are experiencing and look at it objectively. We are not victims to the will of the universe. We are the universe experiencing itself. Rebirthing, shedding layers, and upgrading infinitely. Right now, that is where I am. This podcast, this new chapter, is exactly that. Death melting into grief, melting into rebirth. I'm stepping into this new version of me, and honestly, I'm terrified of what's on the other side, but terrified in a hopeful way, in a way that I just know this is where I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be doing. If you were to ask me what the point of life is, I could answer in one word. Connection. To expand on that, I believe that the point of All the madness and the goodness is connection to others and to ourselves. It is human nature to need tribe, to crave community and belonging in that community. And to take that a step deeper, we crave connection and belonging and foundation within ourselves. Lack of connection with ourselves often looks like a searching and a needing for external validation. Lack of connection with ourselves looks like trying to fill the emptiness inside of us with something or some things outside of ourselves. I'll be honest. I have a tendency to self-abandon, to completely desert myself for the sake of a relationship or obligations or some type of temporary relief. What I'm learning from the death, grief, and rebirth is how much I need myself to stay I've always thought of endurance as a physical trait, but lately I've learned how deeply necessary it is for us to sustain mental, emotional, and spiritual endurance. The universe is literally asking us to stop looking outside of ourselves for answers and for relief. We are being asked to remain present in our bodies while we experience labor pains, discomfort, and the heaviness of grief. We know that we can't run from death, grief, or rebirth. When we try, it chases us down and demands to be felt. We must ask ourselves, how can we hold ourselves through the death? How can we soften into the grief? How can we be the hands that catch ourselves in this new rebirth? I look at my life today, and I can feel where death is taking place. And even though all this newfound space is scary, and sometimes feels like loneliness, I hear the wind reminding me, I'm taking this away because I have something so much better for you. We are being asked to trust the universe to trust God, even if we can't see the bigger picture, especially when we can't see the bigger picture. In the book, The Alchemist, there's a quote, my all-time favorite quote ever. 
the universe conspires for you. If we can shift from believing that we are casualties in this cosmic unraveling to instead knowing that everything is unfolding for our highest, greatest good, imagine how unstoppable we become. The big things become smaller things that awaken and inspire us instead of limit us. We live a grounded life in connection, trust, and surrender rather than complete crippling anxiety, which... I'll be the first to admit, has been so much of my history. Death, grief, and rebirth are all experiences to honor. There's a sacredness in death, in the way something lived and breathed and gets to transform into something new. Like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. It's one of the most used cliches for a reason. What better way to describe death? The caterpillar's essence does not cease to exist. Only its physical body does. The soul of the caterpillar lives on. The grief is the goo, the suspended moment in time when there is no caterpillar, nor a butterfly. The death is not complete, but the rebirth is still being labored. Grief is the most profound experience I've ever known. Grief is the most profound because it is literally a culmination of every emotion and experience. Grief is heartbreaking and sad and heavy and uncomfortable and confusing and joyful and peaceful, hopeful, and the rawest essence of love all wrapped under one word. And rebirth is the moment the butterfly bursts through the cocoon and takes flight for the first time. It is the first breath outside of the womb, the first flap of the wings. Sometimes I wonder if the butterfly ever misses being a caterpillar. The life of a caterpillar is much different. Then I remember my childhood. I remember the infinite versions of me to breathe before this moment. I remember the seven-year-old me who rearranged her bedroom once a week because she was aching and didn't know how to cope. I remember my first heartbreak in eighth grade, then the reoccurring heartbreaks I endured from my first high school boyfriend. I remember 15-year-old me who made her first soccer goal and got smacked in the face by a soccer ball, all in the same game. My nose is still crooked from that incident. I remember 17-year-old me who secretly dated a girl for the first time. I remember 23-year-old Jade who moved a thousand miles away from her family for her own adventure. I remember myself from three years ago, unconsciously getting on the most unstable roller coaster of a relationship in my lifetime. And three weeks ago, when the world was ripped from under me and I was finally thrown off that roller coaster. There are countless moments and versions of me that have lived and died. So many versions of myself I've grieved. So many friends, family members, and relationships. And while sometimes I will admit I miss those versions of me and the people I've loved, I see the way time and life has molded me into something more potent 
because of those losses. I feel the way wisdom has seeped into my skin and I'm better for it. Recently, this heartbreak has shaken me to my core. I didn't see it coming. I thought we were solid. But the universe has a different plan and she has made that abundantly clear to me. It's as if the universe is quite literally holding me accountable for everything I say I am and everything I claim I want. I'm being initiated deeper into myself. I'm holding this pose, the pose of being between a caterpillar and a butterfly, of resilience, trust, and surrender, because this pose is where the magic happens. The magic is this goo. And the result of that magic are the rebirth. A rebirth I absolutely feel coming. In the three weeks since this breakup, I have become unrecognizable to myself. I'm different. Even the way I carry myself. And I've never felt more foreign and simultaneously more myself in my entire life. I mean it when I say that all the space the universe consistently makes in my life has been and is always filled with better, more aligned love. Even if that love is my own. The question I have to ask myself, though, is, is my own love enough? And if my answer is anything but yes, there's my journey. That has been my journey, and it is still my journey. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Because, frankly, my answer to that question ebbs and flows. Some moments I look in the mirror, and I place my hands on my body, and I just think, how could, how could anyone not love the magnificence that I am. Like, I see it, and I feel it, and I embody it. And then there are other moments where I avoid the mirror, and I avoid putting my hands on my body because I feel disgusted in myself and ashamed and so wrapped up in being and feeling unworthy. I demand stability within myself, with myself. The only way I'll get that stability is by consistently showing up for myself and staying. Staying in my skin when the world staying in my skin when the world feels like it's crashing down around me. Two days after my thirteenth birthday, my mother died of ocular melanoma cancer. None of my peers at the time knew the grief of losing a parent, let alone both. I've quite literally navigated death and grief my entire life completely blind. In my 26 years of experiencing death and grief, the truest, deepest lesson I've learned is that we don't ever actually get over the things we lose.
A friend of mine lost her mother a few years ago. And she knew that and she knew that I lost my mother when I was a child. And I vividly remember her asking me, Does the grief ever go away? Do we ever get over this? Like what happens next? I don't remember what I, what I told her at the time, but I have the words for it now, and we don't ever stop grieving our parents, friends, lost relationships, and we certainly never stop grieving the parts of ourselves that pass. It's become abundantly clear to me that we rebirth ourselves until we become a version of ourselves that has adapted to a life without that thing. We evolve and evolve and evolve until we become a version of ourselves that can survive without whatever it is we've lost. That truth is what keeps me going, knowing that despite the heartbreak of losing a man I thought I'd marry, despite the grief of a life built and burned down, there's a version of me who is looking back on this moment I'm in, And she's smiling with gratitude. She's smiling because she survived the heartbreak. She made it through this hard thing that felt impossible. She's smiling because this grief ultimately is what returned me home to myself, to her. If you leave here with anything... I hope that you leave trusting in every version of yourself that has ever lived. And I pray you believe in every version of yourself that will become. That light, the light you barely see at the end of the tunnel, is you. The universe is rebirthing a higher version of you. The labor pains and contractions mean you're You're close to the end. Even if you can't see the light, trust that it's there. Thank you for showing up here. Thank you for showing up for you, for every version of you. Thank you for showing up here for me. I am so honored that I get to be this voice, this learning and growing and expanding voice for you and for myself. I started this podcast for connection and for community. If you would like to connect further and be a part of this community, follow me on Instagram at salam.onlylovehere s-a-l-a-a-m dot onlylovehere join me in future episodes for more solo church and for all the juicy interviews with my guests all my love salam salam